Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 176, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production ah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is yeah. Thursday, March 25th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I don't know much, but I know I love do. <laughs> Yellow, red, and Baja Blast is blue. Uh, that is courtesy of Katie Didn't, at Katie Dident. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Grand Washed Sparkin, a.k.a. Mr. Gray goes to Washington because that <laughs> Philly's busting out with weed from that blunt. So thank you so much to Rob Cunningham and Johnny Davis for those, you know, just little AKs. Obviously, Wait, I didn't get that last one. I've actually never seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Because the filibuster? Jimmy oh, Stewart. Philly busting. Yeah, because I have Philly <laughs> busting, you know, the Philly, you know, spark of Philly blunt. Okay, anyway. Come on, Jack. You listen to enough 90s of golden era New York hip hop. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was going to say, Joe Biden is all filla, no killa. Uh, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, because he's not killing the filibuster. No, uh, definitely not. That was. Uh, Maybe who knows a pun that I had saved for later, but it was it's the uh, best thing I've got. Uh, probably the best thing I've done in the past couple of weeks. So yeah. I figured I'd just blow it right up top. Uh, you know, one of the first things I learned doing improv when I went to UCB is don't think of a joke to come in on. <laughs> don't do it. I don't know, man. I thought, <laughs> don't I thought that, that worked preloaded. really well. I thought that worked really well. <laughs> uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by. Someone who knows a little something about that uh, that improv thing. Uh, he is the hilarious, the talented, Mr. Charlie Sanders! Hey, hey what's, what's up? What's up, man? What's up? Nice to be here. It's, Thanks it's for having me. great to have you. Yeah. It's only reciprocity after I came on to talk to you and Brian on Bald Talk. That's you know, right. My bald yes. brethren, my bald-headed brethren. And I was yes, I'm still so bald. bald. I'm, I was spilling some bald gossip, bald to bald earlier. Uh, you were. Can before we, talk we went about on it? the air. Maybe later. We'll see. If it happens, then we'll come back okay, and say okay. it. Okay. We so. get to it naturally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Bald talk on uh, our sister network, our like imprint, uh, Big Money Players. Uh, it's it's actually like male vanity and like how, how much thought men put into it and don't acknowledge about vanity has yeah. always. Like, yeah. I've always thought that's, like, one of the most interesting subjects for, like, that that is just unexplored. And then you guys came along with uh, one of my favorite pitches for a podcast oh, thank uh, of you. all I'm, time. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's so uh, good. Uh, we, I did not at all plan for it to be a deep dive into male vanity. It just kind of became that. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. it did. It's fun. Yeah. I like it. It's interesting. And, and not, people don't talk about it much. Bald, like fucking Lance Reddick and shit. It's just like, oh. <laughs> he was great. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love talking to Lance. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You also uh many seasons writer on Key and Peele, one of the, yep. one of the all-time greats. Uh, yes, yes, I yeah. wrote all all five seasons of Key and Peele. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, see, um, see, with this this show, we're not see too too much talent today. 
know. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a podcast. I don't want to like <laughs> throw off the dynamic, but I just, <laughs> I don't usually mention people's credits up top, but that, that one needs to be mentioned, I think. Yeah. Uh, Key and Peele, writing on Key and Peele was the greatest job of all time. It was I bet. pure fucking joy. Um, yeah. When they when they decided to end it, I was like, "Are you guys sure you want to go on and become <laughs> famous? Can you please just keep, <laughs> or at Maybe least just keep not. paying me to write sketches? <laughs> we can yeah. just do digital stuff. We can yeah, yeah. Be digital is fine." I've like I was also very disappointed to hear that uh, Jordan Peele was going to stop acting because I've always said that yeah. like some of his performances on Key and Peele are like some of my favorite comedic oh, he's, he's just like so subtle and detailed yeah, in yeah. his performances mm-hmm. um yeah but i guess he's good at directing too i uh, guess I yeah he's okay at that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i think you know we all know where we all know where the skill is at he'll be back doing sketch comedy in no time oh i hope so that'd be cool <laughs> i'll yeah. be like come off it jay man I'm, it's funny like you guys were mentioning ucb earlier like everyone i've written on sketch shows with is always like, Oh, I'm so ready to move on from ske- writing sketches and write sitcoms or movies or whatever. I'm like, I could write sketches for the rest of my life. I never yeah. get, I yeah. never get fucking bored of it. Oh, so, well, you so guys fun. were so good at it, but I feel like that show perfected it. All right. Uh, Charlie, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about how Joe's gone back on uh, killing the filibuster, uh, the the thing that back I've... forth. Like, was he gonna anyway? You know, yeah. It's like, where are where are where are we? Who are we, Joe? Where are we? Where's my applesauce? Well, also, t- <laughs> where's my... uh, are you using jokes from CPAC now? From CPAC. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden, are... who are we? Where am I? Where's my applesauce? <laughs> what was it? Uh, crisscross. Where's my applesauce or something? Yeah, yeah. it was something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, they no. are. Who, no, it was who's the boss? Where's my applesauce? There it is. Who's really is. running the Biden administration? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, that's something you should know. Uh, Key and Peel, some of our favorite comedy writing, also CPAC. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. Some of our favorite I'm comedy writers. I'm trying to get them to hire me. The Biden administration uh, let a handful of staffers go for. Uh, ever having smoked weed, I think, is basically the... And yeah, I, I just want to talk about that that standard. Uh, I want to talk about this uh, Saudi official who threatened to kill a UN investigator uh, of the Hashoji death uh, in a meeting with the UN. Was like, hey, uh, you might want to call them off because I might have them killed. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is ballsy, I think we said it could be... We'll take care of it, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. wow. Very Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even said it with like a Jersey accent, which is what's <laughs> going on. Uh, we'll talk about facial recognition technology at Disney World. We'll talk about... <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, no. baby. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, fine. Yeah, it's a proving ground for carceral technology, sure. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, toxic, the newest flavor of toxic masculinity. Uh, which doesn't allow you to get the vaccine uh, and uh, maybe some self-care, maybe throw some self-care in there. All of that, plenty more. But first, Charlie, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history uh, that is revealing about who you are or Oh, my search history? Yes, sir. Oh, um, speaking of Sopranos, it's uh, the latest thing was a Sopranos clip. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> we love uh, we love uh, the boys from Satrials over oh, here. Oh my god, they're the best. Now I was going to ask you that you mentioned up someone named Katie Dident. Mm-hmm. Katie didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, was, it, is it D-I-D dash D-E-N-T or something like that? It's D-I-D D-E-N-T. Yeah. Yeah. That is that a Sopranos reference? Because that's what Christopher says when he shows up on heroin to help. I didn't. I didn't. He says, you, you're a fucking junkie. You shot up or whatever. And he goes, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was a reference to Katie Dids. The, oh, uh, okay. What is yeah. that? A bug? Yeah. But, Probably a all a, a melange. It was of a sketch comedy group them. in Chicago. <laughs> there you go. All three um, a triple reference. Yes, it's funny how much that is a line that is so simple. It's just merely mispronouncing the word "didn't" yeah. and is like part of like meme internet lore. Like even <laughs> know, my partner, Her Majesty, I who I got watching The Sopranos, <laughs> yeah, she remember she like she hooked onto that line like yeah. right away. She's like I. I said some offhandedly. She was like, I didn't. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Multisanti over here. Okay. <laughs> well, Michael Imperioli is such a good actor that those two words that he sort yeah. of turned into three words conveyed so much. You know? yeah. Must have crawled under there for warmth. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, cousin, her neck feels broken, Christopher. Oh, I love one of my favorite scenes ever from The Sopranos is Christopher's yeah. intervention. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Elias Codius as the uh, intervention interventionist that he recognizes from the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Hey, didn't, didn't you steal, steal all those pork loins? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I did, but that was a long time ago. That's not why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> that's not why I'm here. Oh my god. Uh that and then uh I was it's um uh what's his face? Silvio's letter that he reads to Christopher. Oh He's like, your I came in to the open toilet. the yeah, toilet water in your hair. Disgusting. <laughs> that's his whole <laughs> I told you I was sick. Letter. I said my piece, Chrissy. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Which is also, you know, the OG like fashionable toxic masculinity anthem, The Sopranos. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. as a show. Yeah, it's totally. Speaking of which, one of the great comedies uh, of all time. It actually is. It's very yeah. funny and dramatic. It's somehow gotten funnier. I don't. I don't know. It, it might have just been where my head was at at the time, and also. Like anytime there's a show that has like a dr- dramatic tension, you're kind of focused on like what's going to happen next. Uh, yeah, yeah. And oh, the first like, time I watched it. Yeah, it rewatching like- it's so so fucking funny. Yeah, definitely. What is something you think is overrated, sir? Oh, the Q documentary. Have you guys watched okay. it? Okay. Oh, the one on HBO Max. Yeah. Into the rabbit hole or down yeah. the rabbit hole? It's called. Oh, it's not, not good, huh? I it did not like it. No. It's, wow. It just doesn't really, like, go into Q that much. It, like, follows all these weird people that are into Q, but it's more, like, social tourism into these, like, really weird people's lives. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, I get why other people might like it, but for me, I was more like, I wanted more, like, information. Because I'm like, right. what the fuck is it? How does it happen? Um, maybe that'll eventually happen, but um, in the first two episodes, I kind of felt like I wanted more information. Right. It's like a New York Times piece normalizing Q conspiracy theories. Like that's kind of what Bell it feels too. like, honestly. Right. <laughs> that's what I feel like. It, the, the Like what I saw from the trailer was like, are they really going to figure something out here? Or are they just going to be like, can you check these people out? Huh? It's it's the latter. It's like, right. look at these weirdos. And I'm like, right. you know, I'm, of course, I think Q is extremely disturbing and horrible, but yeah. like. I also like felt kind of bad, like, oh, are we just like mocking people that are so lost in the world that they 
right we aren't i mean the documentary but sure. um yeah so anyway that was that's my overrated just check out a podcast q anon anonymous uh, oh really if you like yeah if you like if you want to like get into it uh the the the, the fellows over there uh bring the heat oh, on that i'll podcast check it out because sure. it's like yeah. you know i know that like they believe these crazy conspiracy theories and stuff like that but i'm still like what is it i don't totally understand what if this led to me becoming a QAnon person? <laughs> like, I had to find out more. <laughs> Miles yeah. recommended the QAnon podcast. And <laughs> I think there's no, a lot of truth one. here. Not that one, Charlie. We have a show on our very network from Jake Hanrahan, former guest uh, yeah. on TDZ called Q Clearance that is actually, like, focused on the Q, like, who is Q, like, that question, answering that question. Right, right. And figures it out, which I think a handful of people have figured it out. Oh, really? Um, who is it? Yeah, it's one of the guys who runs the board that Q oh, first okay. emerged on. Oh, and, I think I did hear that on the daily. Yeah, and it like it started possibly as somebody else, but then they like kind of hijacked the account because they had all the permissions, and um, oh, it just okay. makes sense that like that much power, like. And then there's an opportunity for somebody who has control over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like to, even within the Q community, they're going to be like OG Q truthers. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We're like, right. no, that's not Q. It's like, okay, really? Right. But you're, you're huffing adrenochrome on this? Okay, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to say. What is something you think is underrated, sir? Oh, I forget if I said this last time when me and Husky were on. So I might maybe repeating myself, but uh, the it's not it's not underrated in the world, but it's underrated in the USA, which is the sitcom Gavin and Stacey. Okay, mm. do you guys With know James it? Corden? Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, it's great. You should watch it. It's like one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. It, it like it's like you know how during the pandemic you have those things where you're like that got me through the pandemic. Uh -huh. I've like I've watched Gavin and Stacey all the way through three times this year just because it's like wow. it's light, it's funny, and it's just like I escape. So I've watched it three times through in a year. And it's on HBO Max, it looks like. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Nice. Where where you been watching it? Britbox. You just got the screen. Britbox. What is there that? Is. Britbox is uh um a streaming service that has British sitcoms on it. Appropriately. You, are you ingesting a lot of uh you kind of a ang anglophile when it comes to comedy? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. You know, I love yeah. the office and extras and all the Ricky sure. Gervais stuff and Gavin and Stacey. And then, um, those are the, those are the main ones I like, but I'm kind of yeah. an Anglophile in general. Yeah. I'm the same as well. I've, and I'm, I love Carl Pilkington. As well. I don't know who that is actually. You know, oh, he was like, did you ever see the Ricky Gervais show that was on HBO that was animating the radio show he had? That I have not seen. So it's it just good? started off with the, he just got so just interested in the producer of the of at the radio station this guy carl pilkington uh -huh. who was just this like i think he's from manchester just a very like simple guy who just comes straight at you with his take on something no matter where <laughs> he's coming from no matter okay, how yeah, ill-informed it is he has like the confidence of a thousand sons and it just cracks <laughs> ricky and like steven merchant up constantly so they started animating like what he would talk about and oh, like it's funny and then it became that show, Idiot Abroad, okay. um, where they were basically uh, Ricky and Steven were sending Carl to like any number of countries because he was such a closed off guy. They're like, he's going to fucking freak out in Vietnam. <laughs> and they amazing. sent him there and they're just kind of like watching him do his thing. Oh, that's funny. OK, I got to check that out. Their radio show is I don't 
found it like when I was first getting into podcasts, like there was such little podcast, like so little podcasts out there. Yeah. But like that was one of the things that you could, I was just like on a forum and found it and downloaded it. That, that radio show is really good. Yeah. I gotta um, listen to that too. Yeah. It was yeah. like that and Mark Marin were like the two podcasts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's that Mark Marin guy up to these days? I don't know. Is he still, he's still doing WTF. Yeah, yeah. I remember when he sold that house and it became like a fucking tourist attraction. In <laughs> That's I right. Like, I went to the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he popularized Highland Park. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. we can thank Mark Marin <laughs> for gentrifying Highland Park <laughs> single-handedly. Right. <laughs> That's a strong. That's a strong claim. Not many yeah, people can make it in a city. They're like, it was me. <laughs> and I'm always at that pizza place on the corner. <laughs> so Gavin and Stacy is is that like what what's the premise? Just like broad pitch. Um, so James Corden and I and and Ruth Jones are like the secondary characters. This is sort of the the trippy element of it, but they're kind of the main characters. So Gavin and Stacy. Um, I'm for, I'm blanking on the actor's name at the moment that plays Gavin and the actor that plays Stacy. She's Welsh and he's English. And they've met through work over the phone, but they've never met in person, but they've fallen in love over the phone. And so they go to meet each other for the first time in London. And he brings his best bud, James Corden, uh, along, and she brings her best bud, Ruth Jones, along. And then, But then uh, we end up following the story of Ruth Jones and James Corden kind of like falling in love. Oh, interesting. But the comedy is really comes from like their families all meet. So it's like Welsh people and English people mingling and just getting, they like get hammered and have parties and it's just kind of full of like fun. Yeah. Great lines and stuff. I'm a, I'm a big Notting Hill head. I, I really? am a big Notting Hill apologist. And that isn't there like a the Welsh English dynamic there. At uh, the, uh... I can't remember. I saw it in the, in the theater. I came out, so I can't remember, but I yeah. love the neighborhood. I've been there several times. <laughs> Uh, I I haven't seen it in like a decade. I just remember really loving it. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that movie. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back and talk about some news. And we're back. Uh, and we've been following sort of. From a distance, uh, the will they, won't they of whether Joe Biden uh, is willing to fuck with the filibuster. Um, and it seems like he is uh, back on the no filibuster killing train. Or whatever it is. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's it's we want to change it. We want to amend it. Maybe we don't. Da, da, da. Yes. Um, you know, we he said he was open to mm. amend it. And now he is, I think, flying this like bipartisan weather balloon just to see how many people will come around to this like sweeping voting reform bill. And the goal, I guess, is being like trying to get senators to work with Republicans and to get them on board. But we all know that is fucking useless, yeah. uh, given that they're just an, entirely an obstructionist party and also the voter reforms that they're proposing. That's like, you know, trying to get the snails to support a new mass salt dropping program <laughs> across the nation. It's the bill is an existential threat to them. So fuck them. Just keep it moving, Joe. So this is either Joe going, you know, full centrist at the expense of the country's future and trying to, like, shore up our voting laws to keep voter suppression at bay. 
or he's trying to triangulate and create pressure on the GOP before fully going, you know, scorched earth. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle um, because he knows the GOP is bullshit. Uh, but he also isn't willing to go fully like on switch it to progress mode either. So <laughs> I think they're like, so the plan so far, we've heard that they're the Democrats plan that they are saying out loud is Democrats say the strategy is twofold quote. It will make Republicans go on the record in opposition and could demonstrate to Democrats wary of reforming the legislative filibuster that much of their agenda will be stuck in limbo without reforms. And that is it. That's the idea that they would just bring back the them having to filibuster like physically. Is that if they still amend the it? Right. They could have a talking filibuster or they could just say we're not we're going to go just straight majority vote here. I'm not like, crazy about for this. that idea. Yeah, it, I think it needs to be the majority vote because the like amending it to just make them uh, physically do it relies on it. them having shame yeah like they're not gonna like that i mean they will do that gladly and you know they it's not like they're it just seems to rely on this type of big d democrat thinking that like will shame the republicans into <laughs> acting uh correctly yeah. you and can't shame people with no shame you'll shame the right. dog into not shitting on the carpet anymore <laughs> right the dog doesn't fucking know shame right what are you talking about just i mean put it outside Miles' bipartisan weather balloon was your Herald team, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was actually composite sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and the logo was every member's face <laughs> in, one, in one fucking form. Um, no, like, you know, this whole thing, the, the way the Senate's even working now, just look at fucking gun control, right? Nearly 90% of the country is in favor of universal background checks. 90% of the country. That that number includes Republicans. Yet the GOP and Democrats are acting like their careers will, will end for, I don't know, protecting people in the country. Chris Murphy from Connecticut, who had a turning point after Sandy Hook, like in terms of gun control, he's he's really vocal about this shit. He said, quote, if a measure that has 90 percent to 95 percent public support and can't pass the Senate just because of our rules, not because it doesn't hurt the majority of support in the Senate, then something's really wrong here. Democracy dies when things that have the majority of support in Congress, the support of the president and 90 percent public support can't become a law. Mm. Right. What? Ha so how is that? So what's going on? And I think, you know, meanwhile, throat face killer Mitch McConnell is pump faking again, <laughs> saying he's going to go be nuclear winter soldier and for everybody, you know, you don't want any. Look, we, we get it. We've seen what happens when you have all the chambers wrapped up and right. you go for shit that is so wildly unpopular. You end up pulling back because you're like, oh, fuck, there's no way people are going to be on board really with all this shit. So it's a bunch of fucking nonsense. And you have Senator Thune lamenting that the whole, I think, argument from these constitutionalist type, you know, conservatives who are trying to make this argument about the Constitution, about being like, the 60 volt threshold prevents the majority from trampling all over the minority. But even without the filibuster, the Senate still preserves minority rule when you just do some back of the napkin math. Right. In terms of like representation? Like, yeah. So <laughs> the fact that they have right now that Wyoming has as much power as California. Right. Like right now, 50, like even beyond that, right? So 50 Senate Democrats represent roughly 61% of the country's population. Yeah. The 50 Senate Republicans represent just about 49% of mm -hmm. 
of the population. And the reason it's not adding up to 100 is because some states have split, like they have a senator from each party. So don't, oh. don't, that, that's why it's adding up to 110. I wasn't okay, going to so correct you know. your math, man. I can't no. s- subtract two minutes <laughs> yeah. so, from the runtime um, of the show. And even when you put Manchin with the Republicans, right? Like even if, even there, if there was no filibuster free, if there was no filibuster in the Senate, they could still use a simple majority vote to stop anything. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? They could get Manchin. They could court a vulnerable Democrat and boom, you've still managed to, as a 49% share of the country pushed back against the 61% share with a simple majority vote. So I'm, yeah. I'm failing to even understand this thing of like it's gonna stem the the tide of uh of of just how imbalanced everything is yeah it it seems like there were two kind of possibilities with biden heading in there was the he's going to try to negotiate with the terrorists uh and triangulate like obama because he's an old school politician but then there's also the fact that he lived through obama just having his entire presidency paralyzed by trying to do that. And like, you, you would just think that like that would teach him that like that, you know, after Sandy hook, they weren't able to get gun control, uh, passed, even though it was, you know, supported by the vast majority of the country. Like the, this isn't new. And he has been the vice president while it was happening before. (laughs) Like what, it really seems like he should be ready to move on this. Yeah. It must be bizarre to have been vice president for eight years, then taken four years off and then become president. Yeah. Right. For sure. You know, just so Especially odd. Especially like those have, four years. <laughs> right. The worst fucking four years <laughs> that have ever happened. I feel, I swear to God, I got anxiety disorder from those four years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's like, it's like you're like a good comedian and like a terrible open micer before you're like, oh, I'm going to crush this, though. The bar's so fucking low right now. <laughs> I'll say one one set up punchline structure joke and people are going to think I'm fucking this <laughs> and you just coming here Richard yeah. Pryor. Like, <laughs> ah, my God, <laughs> but it's like the way he's mo- slow walking this shit is like a parent that's not willing to fucking punish their child yeah. for bad behavior. Like you keep threatening the punishment. You're like, if I do, you won't have toys. And I'll turn, I will, I will. And you, and they don't give a fuck. They're like, I don't fuck toys, mom. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. And then the parents like, what do I do next? You got to bribe them with chocolate, I think. is yeah. the to, to <laughs> You know what? That Republican might work. Offer them candy. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Try it. They're like, you know, they, I'm kind of coming around to this uh, absentee <laughs> voting thing after they dropped off that big Hershey bar at my house. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about something that uh, Biden is focused on and ready to move on, and that is uh, firing people who have ever smoked weed. Oh, my God. You know, far be it for me to worry about, you know, a handful of Ivy League kids who are going to have to go work in the marketing industry instead of the Biden administration for a couple months. But, like, when you consider how, how many, like, people within like politics probably within this administration have blacked out before let's say and then they're going to fire like fucking nixon was blacked out drunk and bragging about how he could launch a nuke towards the end of his presidency and they're gonna (laughs) fire someone for having smoked pot legally in the past that feels like i don't know weird yeah, it just it just feels like a very 
like specific place to be coming from like that is decades ago yeah um, i don't <laughs> the fuck joe what who are you <laughs> i would be this? make a bad confession for the daily Zeit, being a daily zeitgeist guest but as of january 20th i have not looked at the news since because i was like i've been glued to the news for four years and i need some time off from it so <laughs> sure, i actually fair. didn't even know about this weed firing thing until right now yeah, it ha- it kind of became a story over the weekend. They were like, yeah, we let go of like a small number of people and they had other issues. So it's not like they, they still wanted it to be, uh, they wanted credit for having a more liberal policy than uh, oh, previous okay. administrations. But it's still like, yeah, but it's it's legal now. And also... Yeah. Even the Pod Save America, Tommy Vitor is like, this is absurd in 2021 <laughs> that that's part of a security clearance background check. Right. Like, what the fuck? I don't. Well, I, that guy's famously a big pothead. Yeah. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. We we see Tommy at all the dispensaries around town. Just fucking <laughs> smoking like a chimney. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, shoes. I don't know what the fuck he thinks this is going to prevent or how this makes his. It, like his cabinet or administration function better or like if he's just so hopped up on this like you know because i remember when joe biden was a child they were saying the negro and the mexican become lustful for the white <laughs> woman smoking the devil's weed yep. so he's like i don't want that and, right. and corn pop I'll, I'll push back on corn pop if he's puffing that weed. also uh, i believe your vice president was on the fucking breakfast club or somewhere Oh, shit. laughing it up about how she's like i'm jamaican my family's jamaican right like you think <laughs> which if i've smoked weed <laughs> i mean i'd be worried that he was gonna have to do something there if i believed remotely that she was telling the truth uh but she did not come across as somebody who uh so you think actually... you smoked more weed than kamala harris yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh for oh, sure okay, yeah i just need to ask three questions you know what i mean what's your favorite movie to watch high what's right. your favorite thing to drink high what's your favorite snack to eat high yeah she's like uh yeah i don't know same uh-huh. question willy wonka uh, but <laughs> I personally don't think you should be allowed to have that much power if you've never done drugs. Like your brain isn't ready. Like <laughs> look at, look at Hitler, look at Trump. The things that they had in common was that like, they didn't drink, didn't, they didn't like, drink, were very right. anti-drugs until they mm. started using, uh, basically cocaine uh via prescription um, <laughs> when hitler was loving the meth though hitler yeah but it was meth. all it was all subscribed uh, or prescribed via doctor right but, as a way like yeah yeah using opiates to you know keep the wehrmacht and also strong meth is one of those things like i think psychedelics like thing uh even weed like gets you outside of like your narrow perspective of like how and like kind of at least alters your relationship to your own ego and like self-perception and like that's incredibly important perspective for somebody to have if they're going to make huge life or death decisions for uh vast swaths of uh the human race and i yeah. The fun, you know what's funny though? You could probably I bet Charlemagne could have tricked Joe Biden into admitting he smoked mad weed. Because <laughs> Joe Biden just seems like one of those opportunistic common ground makers out of thin air. Oh yeah, man. He's like, Oh yeah, me and uh uh Dorio, we used to hang out and he would bring these cigars over 
And they had, they smelled different. I'll tell you that. And then he'd put some Sonny Rollins on and we would, it was a party. <laughs> I said, back when I smoked, it was called grass and it wasn't as strong as this stuff today. That's why. And that's the reason. Cause this stuff, I don't know what's going on. I forget what day it is yeah. even without it. <laughs> Anyways, this is some bullshit. Um, Again, not right. the not the number one uh, concern with the. Biden was there any like? Did they have an actual statement as to why they felt it was important or like imperative that people who were working in that administration have never smoked weed? No, it was basically like there were other issues that they like kept it vague. But then one of the people who was let go was like, they did not give me any specifics on like what it was, why we were being let go. Um, and it wasn't just like five people. There were people who were fired. There were people who were placed on like this, like work from home thing, lest their uh, contact high like <laughs> start spreading across the, in the administration. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. So it's it's fucked. It's just you know, they presumably like somebody was like worried that it was going to become a th- a thing. Um, and so they, yeah. I mean, this um, this will also. Uh, make for humane drug policy too if this is how you're looking at shit like weed you're like weed get out of here you failed human <laughs> also you want me to have compassion for drug charges fuck out of here like what the fuck is this um all right let's talk about uh facial recognition technology you know this is something that in america corporations are at the forefront of because corporations have all the power like in so the the leading the bleeding edge of facial recognition technology use is china the people's republic of china is like has all of like every face in their population in a database and is able to track people and we see that they have concentrate active concentration camps uh happening in china but uh in america because we are a capitalist nation where, you know, capital has all the power. Uh, corporations are kind of the main actors. And we're starting to see what that might look like in practice in Disney World. Yeah, we had a previous preview because Amazon was, uh, I think, planning on opening these stores that have like cameras everywhere. And you just pull things off the shelf and it like matches your face to your Amazon account. <laughs> right. And then you just walk no. out. You never have to oh, no. never have to like check this. out. They're like, oh, we know what you bought. Right. It's like, oh fuck off. <laughs> so Disney's been doing a thing for a while with these uh magic bands, which are like uh Livestrong bracelets uh mixed with uh that collar that they put around your neck that makes your head explode if you leave uh <laughs> the prison camp in <laughs> Some '90s movie that I can't think of the name of. Was that in um? Well, in Wild Wild West, they had some weird callers though too. That would yeah 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 come through. And then uh, what's another one? Anyway, look, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of booby trap vests. And in that real life robbery, uh, they also did that to somebody. Oh yeah, right. Um, but that was like remote detonation. Anyways, uh, <laughs> they're a lot different than the one in uh, Swordfish <laughs> from the opening scene. Right. <laughs> so they're uh magic bands. They give them to you ahead of time and then you don't have to like swipe anything you just like walk wherever you want and it tracks you and then like you know it knows you're coming to the gate so you don't even have to interact with somebody you just walk through the gates and they're like okay that 
he has the magic band. We're good. Um, and they're just basically planning on ex- expanding that to facial recognition technology, which is more terrifying than like you might think at first. Um, one of the big issues is that they are staggeringly biased against people with darker skin, people of color. They had uh, facial recognition technology that was tested, had error rates uh, of up to 34% for dark-skinned women, a rate nearly 49 times that for white men. Holy shit. 49 times. So it's Hmm. also based on my limited experience with uh, my new face-unlocking iPhone. It's biased against people who sleep on their face. Um, because what do you mean? I, like when you wake up, it's I like can't, who the fuck I can't are you, unlock bro? my phone for like an hour after I wake up. <laughs> I like, not... ah, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. It has taken me uh, all year of the pandemic. I cannot stop trying to use the face unlock thing with a mask on, and it never recognizes yeah. me. But yeah. I still, every time I do it, I hold my phone up to my yeah, face. Yeah, it's like, and oh, it's right. a panic too. If you ever try and like pay like with your phone somewhere, yeah. Like, fuck, do I take my mask off for a second to get the <laughs> thing? Like, no, fuck, right. passcode, passcode, passcode. <laughs> right. But you know, they're they're pointing out in this article, and our writer JM kind of put together a, a piece on this, just saying like, we have we have precedent that corporations will share any surveillance technology they have access to with the police. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, many police departments in the U.S., including New York, Chicago, Detroit, and Orlando, have begun uh, using facial recognition technology. So it's... And it's also like a little... Like, a lot of people don't talk about the fact that Disney... <laughs> Disney World is named after a man who was a secret FBI informant during the Red Scare. Like from 1940 <laughs> until a union 1966, buster, a Hitler lover. <laughs> yeah, from 40 to 66, he served as a secret informer to the FBI, uh, and just like sold out writers, producers, directors, technicians, union activists that he suspected of political subversion, which I'm sure just meant like you know any sort of collective had ideas action about that, fairness, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. They they called me racist. Yeah. Oh no no! That sounds like some communist. I need shit. to call. I need to call my boy real quick. Walt meet snitch me, tam- me over meet here. Me at the Tamo Shanter, and I'll give you everybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and the Red Scare, obviously, uh, for our younger listeners, ended up being bullshit. So don't. <laughs> uh, he was just selling people out because it was convenient for him. Um, and to be an informant for that long, you have to be giving a lot of names, right? Like you, they, it's not like they're going to let you just skate without, uh, as just an honorary FBI informant. Like <laughs> yeah. he was, and the mob, you call oh, him yeah. a top earner. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, he's go out there and crack some Good. fucking skulls. <laughs> Good reference. yeah i mean yeah it's we've talked about this every time any kind of algorithm is created based on like identifying any kind of person just the inbuilt racism is just unavoidable because at the end of the day it's always flawed human beings trying to create a flawed algorithm yet there's still this like we're thinking about the future in which we can digitally oppress people of color it's gonna be awesome (laughs) yeah the, it's like 
if Minority Report, like you find out, oh, those precogs are white supremacists. Oh, it wasn't uh, a clever name. They were just going after minorities. <laughs> right. <laughs> got it. Cool. Got cool, it. Got cool, it. Cool, oh, cool, Minority cool. Report. Oh, Minority <laughs> Report. Right, right. I thought it meant, I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Right. That's the first thing I thought. All right. Let's take uh, another break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And Miles, I'm going to let you uh, read this title for this <laughs> next section, which I truly appreciated. Strong men also die. <laughs> or remember Big Lebowski? Remember that? Except he said also, except he said also I cry. I think about that line probably more than any of the any of the dudes quotes i think of that, of that like sequence oh right? yeah that and is also my... brent being like oh, brent well mr like just that tour he gives of his wall of fame uh, is so fucking but great. strong men also oh, cry God. is just yeah it's top it's top shelf right there um but yes of that you know this is the case of the gop men uh who this is their battle cry um, in that 49%, according to this new poll, 49% of them said they will not get vaccinated and they don't care oh about getting God. the virus because fuck that. Meanwhile, 92% of male Dem voters said they are ready and willing as soon as they can to be vaccinated because they're they're acknowledging science. Um, but it's just like this. Again, it's about this idea of masks, whether it's masks or vaccines. I think we saw this first with masks and realizing that it was literally toxic mask unity happening there. <laughs> Where people are like, nah, fuck that. Uh, you know, that that, make, that means I'm weak. Therefore, I'm not a man because I'll die of a preventable illness. Um, and even their fucking godhead, Donald Trump got vaccinated. So it's just like this weird thing where even if when you're the thing you're a fan of, even though they did it, he still can't over they like overcome this idea of what it means to be manly uh, with a big capital M. Yeah, that's uh, fucking disturbing. <laughs> well, there's a story right now in the Lily, which is a, like a sort of uh, offshoot of the Washington Post that's talking about the struggle of like spouses of conservative men that are oh trying to get their partners to get fucking real about shit and get vaccinated. And it's like it spans the like the whole spectrum from, you know, one person just being like my son or my my husband is a Jehovah's Witness and he's a conservative. I'm a Democrat. We still find a way, though. Um, but for whatever reason, this one he's saying it's whether it's religion or his like just idea of what his destiny is, um, he, they they just can't come around to it. Uh, and oh, yeah, just again, a very easy thing that sociologists have, have observed saying that if a man had views his masculinity as central to his identity, studies show he will be less likely to wear a mask. Would not be surprising <laughs> that this would this pattern would hold over vaccinations. Uh, and some some people are like trying to bribe their partners. To get vaccinated, like bribing them. Um, this one woman, uh, Granger's wife, who also voted for Trump, worried the family would be limited in where they could go on vacation. Granger's family usually travels to Disney World every year, he said. And she thought the park might require proof of vaccination. Granger's wife was also worried about her elderly father, who still hadn't received his vaccine. If Granger wasn't vaccinated, he recalls her saying he might put her dad at risk. Ultimately, Granger agreed to get vaccinated. We've been together since August 10th, 1985. We've built up enough trust. We know each other well enough to know 
when something is really important to the other. Your fucking life? <laughs> you not dying. Uh, that's... Yeah, it's, you know, there, there's like some physiological thing where uh, testosterone is actually like a toxin where it like is actually in enough, like it, it's a poison to the body. And wow. I feel like this is like the psychological, like social version of that, where it's just like masculinity is trying to kill you. Like th this version of masculinity is toxic and is like literally toxic more. <laughs> it's worse for you than heroin. <laughs> like you're, you're like trying to kill yourself. Right. Just because getting, getting vaccinated and living, dude, that's like the most unmanly shit I've ever fucking heard of, bro. Right. <laughs> the big dogs, they die prematurely from preventable <laughs> causes. <laughs> What the fuck? I like when you see a couple walking around and the girl has a mask yep. and the guy doesn't. I see that all the time. Yep. That's <laughs> always my favorite. You see so much in LA though too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it yeah. really is like, it, I mean, I'm sure you see it everywhere and I'm only saying that because I live here. So this is my one example of it. Yeah. But like out on like hikes and shit. On hikes. That's where I see it all the time. I always see the mixed ideology couple. There's always going to be one person, not always, but there's some, <laughs> no matter what, some person is just on a different kind of program or has like the wildly offensive non-mask mask. That's yeah, like yeah. chain right. mesh. I feel, I feel like, like I feel like the dudes that aren't wearing masks on those hikes always like, because of course I'll have a mask on. They always like kind of stare me down. Like, I dare you to say something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what? Right. Uh, that's what they their their masks is and what. yeah and what. and it's around their neck <laughs> yeah um, I mean I would I, I you would just early on I remember like in May of last year there were still people who like weren't rocking masks and it was like clear like we're about to go through it and I I would just be like put a fucking mask on like I would just be biking by or whatever and some <laughs> people would be like oh like would actually cringe and other people would are kind of the ones who want the smoke and like. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, idiot. The <laughs> loudest I heard, like the biggest fight I ever witnessed was a woman like flipping out on an older dude for asking her to put on a mask. Like she, Whoa. like her, the anger came from somebody who wasn't willing to put on a mask, wow. which is just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, like that seems to be the pattern in those like viral videos of people being dragged out of Bed Bath and Beyond is like <laughs> their their complaint is that they were asked to put on a mask. Yeah, yeah, they mm -hmm. get very very angry and yeah. then lose it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no one's ever calm. No one's mm -mm. a calm anti-masker. No, everyone right. is just sort it's of like always a freak out. I need a I need like some kind of release valve to lose it in public. <laughs> And right. the way I'm going to I'll catalyze that interaction is by just not having a mask. And then I can scream because I'm actually unhappy about a myriad of other things. Well, going many, on other, in many, many other things. But I normally mean, I just come in here to just yell at the manager because the fries were cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's obviously like at some level, they recognize that they're taking their life uh into their own hands or, or you know they're putting their life at risk by not wearing a mask so there's already some aspect of their personhood that is like on tilt and like right. is not 
making rational decisions. So it makes sense that like yeah, the that would coincide with people who are just like, what did you just say to me, bro? <laughs> uh, I didn't say anything, man. I was just walking along. <laughs> A- yeah, it's just like ask, and <laughs> it's probably like the same mean. day people get pumped up for like a big rivalry sports game. You know, you watch the clips of all the times yeah, your team yeah. fucking fucked up the, your rivals. You know, in this case, Tottenham Hotspur for me, uh, who still is in our shadow. But you watch those clips and you get amped up, just like these anti-masker people watch the "I have a disability" card videos and just <laughs> hop into it just like that. They're like, "I'm off this energy. I've just been watching all this YouTube, and I'm fucking ready for the same shit I've been watching." Because because in that article, they're saying the one through line was that there were many people, either partners or parents, who were seemingly reasonable in their past, you know, the, in the before times. And then they have just a set, just slowly succumbed to the steady stream of bullshit and misinformation they're getting off their phones that has completely warped them. Uh, so it's just like, whew, what that's so disturbing. Do? I'm really glad that didn't happen in my relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I came close. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Charlie, you know, like if you what? think about how much oxygen you're not getting by when you have a mask on, right. like Wait, that has really? to count for something in the long run. You know what I mean? But I'm off it. I'm off it. Now. I'm off it now. Get the fuck off my podcast, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, if Fauci said to jump off a bridge, would you do it? That was something I literally saw somebody. Uh, no, oh, but I'm not jumping off a bridge. So what? Right. You're, <laughs> huh? The the new tactic though I've seen is concern for the environment trolling for anti-maskers because oh you know I I've had to keep some people on my Instagram you know because that's how I that's how I stay in touch with the earth you know yeah. like some people who like <laughs> normally you probably just be like unfollow for self care. Yeah. follow for research <laughs> and self-harm yeah. but you know i like i see some of the takes coming out of these people and one was just this like captured debate between these two anti-masker activist women and they're being like you know three it's true the pollution created by disposable masks is alarming like there's a ton of discarded masks and things like that and that oh, is yeah. something to talk about but they're just purely relying on that fact to be like it's destroying the earth and there's really no point i mean like you think about all the plastics that aren't going to degrade i mean at that point like why are we wearing the masks to destroy uh, the earth when in the effort to, to save life we're, yeah and you're <laughs> right. like what the fuck just a second ago like you were saying how fucking like renewables are fucked up yeah. Like, Suddenly so you're the, like really into yeah, recycling. Like, Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. It's right. Dumb. Uh, all right. Let's uh, really briefly check in with another sort of side of the right wing coin. Uh, and that is uh, friendliness to Saudi Arabia and <laughs> specifically uh, MBS. So a, a UN investigator recently was like leaving her position. She was the one who was in charge of investigating uh, Hashogji's uh, murder and basically was like, yeah, it looks like it looks like uh, MBS totally approved that shit. But even like as she was first like asking questions, uh, a high level meeting took place between uh, Saudi officials and UN officials. So it was like an official meeting with the UN in Geneva. Doesn't get more official than that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, they criticized her reporting, made up a conspiracy theory that she was uh, being funded by Qatar. And then one of them said uh, he's received calls from people who want to, quote, take care of her. And 
they everybody on the U.S. I was like, wait, what? I'm sorry, what did you just say? And everybody, all the other Saudi officials were like, oh, no, 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 he didn't mean that. That was just like him saying what he's heard. But like, he would never say that. Then all those officials left. The dude who had said it stayed back and was like, no, I meant what I said. You heard me, motherfuckers. I, right. I will have her taken care of. And so she still, you know, heroically went went forward with her investigation, completed it, found out what everybody kind of suspected was true and yeah i mean in fairness that guy was the head of the hospitality bureau first this the country of saudi arabia so i think when he said she will be taken care of (laughs) oh that was an invitation (laughs) oh yeah she will be taken care of by all means linens will be changed (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the four seasons is a prison uh in riyadh yes yeah it's wild that's, that's, I mean, those are that, our how's friends? that surprising? You know, yeah, that's uh, well, you know, our, our former president normalized saying something threatening and then and then having a bunch of defenders go, Oh, he didn't mean it like that, right? And then mm-hmm. him saying, I did mean it, no, and I did. like he did not, he fuck did what you heard, fuck he what you heard, it's I didn't, fuck what you heard, it's what you're hearing, and I'm saying this shit now, I'm, I'll do that shit, <laughs> he didn't. We haven't talked about his uh, upcoming social media platform, really. Um, I yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to quote Sopranos again. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And, I don't, and to be honest with you, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite Sopranos quote is Christopher comes in and Tony's like, sit down. He wants to talk to him about something. He goes, is this about the Easter baskets? The Easter baskets. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and then uh, Tony goes, I don't know what that, is, that is. To be honest with you, I don't want to know. And, they, and you <laughs> oh, never man. find out, right? Like you the show find, doesn't you like never, it. It's never mentioned it's, again. Yeah. <laughs> this is about the Easter baskets. I think, oh. yeah, with the revival of Pokemon cards, I just think of Pussy when he's like, you know about these Pokemon, Pokemon cards? These <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon so cards. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little self-care here. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing this. I think a lot of people are finding themselves uh, not getting enough sleep, procrastinating, letting things kind of hang over your head, and then just like sitting on your phone in bed for hours. Right. But not knowing that's what's going on. I think a lot of us know, just close your eyes. Is this you? Have you been in the darkness in your bed and the only light is the cell phone? which is glowing on your face and you're in bed being like, why am I still on narco TikTok? It's been three hours and I'm laying down and I, what the fuck? And you're just not going to sleep. There is a parent, there is a word for this. That was like a combination of two different studies, but they've now they've called it revenge bedtime procrastination. <laughs> the revenge part comes out of a Chinese study. So like the way they were labeling, it just sort of translates like that, but it, it makes sense. But the way these experts are describing it, revenge bedtime procrastination, they say is common in people who feel they don't have control over their time, such as those in high stress occupations uh, or parents and things like that, and are looking for a way to regain some personal time, even if it means staying up late. Cause you're like, fuck, I'd have shit to do all day. Okay. The one thing I will do is again, I'll look at narco TikTok and that'll be how I'll go to sleep. Um, and it says when it quote, when it comes to the evening, they categorically refuse to go to bed early at a time they know will suit them best and enable them to get adequate restorative sleep and feel better. Nevertheless, there is a sense of retaliation against life. So there is an idea of revenge to stay awake and do whatever fills their bucket. And that's 
that is um like the idea of filling your bucket actually I found myself uh staying up to watch movies more uh over the past like month and I do find myself like more refreshed and like having like having art like put into my brain is like actually oh. energizes me more than uh just going to sleep an hour and a half earlier and not having that, I think, sometimes. So you're um, arguing on behalf of your revenge procrastination? I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. Wow, okay. Uh, it but, might, but then that might not be it for you. If you're actually saying, when I wake up restored, then I don't think you're suffering in that sense. Yeah, I just found myself like being very focused on like, okay, got to get to sleep by this time. Uh, and And then, you know, I started being a little bit more uh lacks on on that and just like making more of an effort to uh once my kids were in bed actually take the time to like watch something that was interesting to me or you know fill that bucket up a little bit and i think it's been overall a good thing i do have this eye twitch that you guys uh have probably (laughs) noticed uh and one of my ears is bleeding yeah, and you've only been shaving half of your face, and I, I thought it was a style <laughs> oh, thing, and now I'm just sort of like, it's pretty cool, actually. Getting? Yeah, <laughs> the long side beard. Right. Call me Two Face, and I was like, all right, Jack. <laughs> I think the movie theory is working. The shaved half is fully made up, uh, right? <laughs> no, the the thing they say is like, if you, if you're a serial procrastinator, uh, or like the what things, the personality types it may affect is like you you are a serial procrastinator. Um, that's me for sure. Or you have issues with self-regulation, which they say like are, you know, you have traits such as like impulsivity or being easily distracted. So if you haven't had the time to process all of your emotions throughout the day, you really just may be using the end of the day to do that. And that sets off this thing of like, I actually just need to have time to like process a lot of shit, but it's manifesting in the form of like just scrolling or whatever it is we do at the very end of the day that keeps us up forever. Yeah, I mean. So what do we do? This is this is you. kind of tangential, but rather the movie thing. I've been lately. I've been pretty. I'm knocking on wood here. Lately, I've been pretty good about going to bed at a reasonable time, but I've definitely had phases like what you're talking about. But I found that for a long time um, during the pandemic, especially, I would just like I was saying, I watched Gavin and Stacey three times through. Is like I would just watch like the same shows over and over again. Like mm-hmm. I'd watch Queer Eye again, mm-hmm. and you know it's great. I, I love it, but I have found that when I watch like a screener instead and take in something new, I feel like I sleep better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Then kind of just looking at the same wallpaper again. Yeah. Yeah. Like something about you, I guess it, maybe it uses your brain a little more to have to take in the new information rather than the old. Right. But just like jars something loose or something. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Yeah. I love the, uh, my favorite aspect of this study is the idea of like one part of your personality taking revenge on another part of your personality because i think that's yeah. i mean Sounds that's like so true Shyamalan movie yeah but it's also like i there is a lot of psychological research that you know says it is helpful to just think of yourself as having multiple people inside of you and they're not obviously like it's not like this one is named jane and she is the one who smokes but like just you know the, oh, wait, no, I want to do this. Tell me more about this. Maybe <laughs> well, this will help me deal with my anxiety. So there's like well, anxious Charlie, and then there's just like not anxious Charlie. Well, yeah. first you got to shave half your face, Charlie. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then 
Which side do you want? You want anxious Charlie or happy Charlie? <laughs> happy normal Charlie. Yeah. I, I've read it in the context of like addiction and, you know, people who are making decisions in the short term that they know are like harmful to mm. the later version of themselves. And there's that ends up almost like branching off into two different versions of the self. Um, but. Uh, and then, yes, you do have to shave, like make one half of your face <laughs> one of those people. Just to let people know you literally contain multitudes <laughs> <laughs> and wear the most mismatched outfits. Of all right. <laughs> yeah. Half a button down and half a tank top. Well, <laughs> Yankee hat, Red Sox shirt. Oh, who's this guy? Were you LeBron uh, James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Good point. Um, but the, a lot of the experts are saying, you know, the one of the best things in general, sleep procrastinator or not, is to do something is the power down hour mm-hmm. of breaking up the last hour of your day into three 20 minute segments the first 20 are dedicated to things that need to be done if you have any loose ends that need with some emails or whatever get, you have 20 minutes to do any real shit get that done the next 20 minutes for hygiene so they say such as a hot bath uh just mm. something to relax mm. you just kind of probably bring your attention to your body again uh, on some level. And then the final 20 minutes are for relaxation. So meditation, prayer, journaling, you know, whatever that is, do something like that just to kind of bring your, your energetic level down and be a little more inward. I def, I can't agree more with the hot shower bath thing. That's like my go-to um, mm-hmm. because it's just, it, whenever I've, you know, we you know back when you used to travel for work and you'd be in an unfamiliar hotel room or something, I yeah. have sometimes trouble sleeping. And then you're thinking like, shit, I gotta be up in like six hours to do this other fight. and then you and did they I really just, wash these sheets right and then you're like fuck <laughs> it i'm sucking on them anyway um but then you take a hot shower just to really get the just to really settle your body down and then getting in bed makes it so much easier for me to sleep so oh know. nice it's also like a bath cultures like like in japan turkey finland like those kind of places like baths at the end of the day are very normal and right. i think there's another like inbuilt way to begin your relaxation mm-hmm. I really like this everything about this. That especially like I do feel like the first the part that I when I'm thinking about like things like self-care routines, I often will leave out the the first step which is take care of the things that are going to be like hanging over your yes, head yeah, that totally. is going to like take up so much energy uh and you're going to like let it you're just going to give so much energy to like that task. Whereas you could just like knock it out. It's like an email that you'll knock out in five minutes and also like limiting that to 20 minutes. So you have 20 minutes, get that shit done and forget about it. Uh, That's the part that I always forget. And then just let these like things that are hanging over my head. You wake up being like, fuck, I did. Should I write that email right now? It'd be weird if I write it at two 30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wait. And then you're like, ah, damn, but it's like the day's already started. And like, like, yeah, the first thing on my mind, (sighs) but yeah, you you got it. I've been having with sleep all the time is like waking up really early, like five 30 in the morning. And being like, fuck, uh, and then being like, like I'm not going to be able to fall back asleep. Should I just get up? And I'll be like, I'll think five minutes has gone by. And then I'll look at the clock and it's like nine. And I had yeah. fallen back asleep and didn't know it. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting the shit done is key, though. You know, a tip to anybody, when you have shit that you have to do, just write it. I'm not joking. This It's the most, like, fucking overused tip but write it down on a list the act of crossing something off even as oh, simple as being it. like write that email mm. it will 
lift a tremendous weight off of your subconscious if you know even if the physical act of being like yep oh, I love that. did that yeah. you know yeah, what i mean and yeah. and then you can make it easy you got three things like if you're doing these 20 minutes like even just write out those three things that are on your mind that you know you have to get done just do it and go boom yeah it's so much it's powerful baby yeah get you a post-it note my to-do list will have these like uh, I, if I let them, if I don't like think about it, they'll have like these very like vague, huge things that I need to get done, like on them that change like, life. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like address relationship with <laughs> with father. <Yeah. laughs> Just cross her off. Uh, uh, okay. Figuring that uh, I'll probably knock that out tomorrow. Uh, A different version of me will knock that out tomorrow. Have reckoning with childhood trauma of divorce as it relates to current (laughs) problems with commitment. (laughs) Knock that out in 20 minutes at the end of the night. uh, There you go. All right. And reckon. All right. Well, Charlie, it's been uh, such a pleasure having you, man. Where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff? Um, you can listen to my podcast, Bald Talk, which is yep. on iHeartRadio and the Big Money Players Network. And uh, we have an Instagram, at Bald Talk Pod. And then you can find me at, at Charlie Sanders on uh, Instagram. And oh. is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, I feel embar- it's about the Sopranos. So I feel embarrassed I've talked about it so much, but this is a tweet I like. You guys know who Mark Harris is? Uh, the film critic? No. I think so. Oh, he's, he's well, much of his Twitter is political. Um, so trigger warning about that, but it's, uh, it, but he also is very funny. So like every like 20th tweet, he says something funny. So okay. you know, this one, he's talking about a dream he had. <laughs> In my dream, Carmela Soprano and Rosalie Aprile have taken a shopping trip to Milan and are staying in the same hotel as Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. <laughs> Carmela, quote, do you think he's handsome? Very tall. Rosalie, she should use her real name. What is she, ashamed? <laughs> That's so perfect. Isn't that hilarious? That's such a good line. Sopranos line that was never in the Sopranos about Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you guys should check Mark Harris out. I think you'd like him. He's he's super funny. He's written Hell some great yeah. books about film and stuff. It the honestly that sounds I and I hate to nitpick, that feels more of like a Gabriella Dante line than a Rosalie <laughs> right, Aprile right, line. Yeah. Rosalie's right. a little more aggro and she's definitely smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Or she would add some like, what is she ashamed? Like being yeah. Italian isn't good is a Rosalie Appeal line. Gabriella Dante is like is, what, what is oh, she ashamed? What is she ashamed? Yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway. Well, thanks for having me on Sopranos talk, guys. Really <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, we always love talking Sopranos. We <laughs> Uh, uh frankly after most guests were like that motherfucker didn't mention didn't talk sopranos about sopranos once <laughs> he will never have thinking. a money again <laughs> talking about income inequality <laughs> <laughs> miles where can people find you what's the tweet you've been enjoying uh twitter instagram playstation network miles of gray also if you like reality shows uh, come listen to me and sophie alexandra talk trash reality on 420 day fiance talking 90 day and others as well uh, some tweets that I like, man, it's a lot of good tweets. Mm. Uh, this one is, first of all, I retweeted it, but there is a photo of Justin Bieber, like laughing. And someone just said like, these photos make my heart melt. But someone quote tweeted it and said the people's princess, because it really does look like princess Diana. 
And I'm just going to put this in the chat really quick so y'all can see this and have a reaction with me. But this is a photo of these are two photos of Justin Bieber. And it has such strong Diana in the 80s vibes. Holy shit. <laughs> Yo. Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> that is wild. That's crazy. He's he, look, he's he <laughs> has the people's princess, princess vibes. <laughs> uh another Whoa. one is uh from Noah Harold at Noah Harold. It says in like 0203, I bought Coke out of the window of an SUV on Coanga that was baby blue for some reason. Did it anyway in the bathroom at Daddy's on Vine, if you remember that bar, with a friend. That friend just told me he's not sure he's going to take the vaccine because he doesn't know what's in oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then one more from Colin Young at Colin Y-O-V-N-G. Ooh, stylized. Uh, tweeting, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, Superman goes crazy and Batman uh, calls him Clark, thus finally answering Three Doors Down's question. <laughs> uh Oh man, yeah, five go crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a uh, you know. Well, now it's ours. It's thank you. <laughs> Let's see what else did I like. I liked this story from Helena Handbasket. She tweeted, "My neighbor just dropped the cake she was carrying from her car into her house and sat down and cried until her husband carried her into the house." And I've never felt a stronger connection to any other human being in my life. <laughs> Baking her a new cake now. Uh, oh, shit. Was, even has a Hollywood ending. Uh, Elena Smith tweeted, nobody is ready to party like a vaccinated grandparent. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. My mom and her homegirls, uh, I, I don't, like, they're time traveling. The way they're, like, <laughs> partying every day together. And like sending pictures that's, that's like, nice. ah, mask <laughs> off. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Well, I'm like, you know what? You deserve it. Yeah. Shit. And tying into something we were talking about at Fibula One tweeted, there's just not enough time in the day. And then screen time, 11 hours, 23 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. And we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode and also a song we recommend. You can also find all that in the show notes. Uh, which is the text that comes out with the episode. Anyways, Miles, what song is your recommendation for today? Um, this is going to be a mashup of the Notorious B.I.G.'s uh, Unbelievable with the uh, Jackson, or no, with the, the Express Yourself. Okay? Uh, you're going to put this together uh, and you're going to get something really, really something, you know, wonderful. And this is just, again, uh, from Nick Bike, wonderful DJ, but you got to get this one on SoundCloud. Okay? That's the only place you get it. But that link will be in the Shrine Arts. Shrine Arts. Uh, do, you, do you fuck with, uh, what's that app? It is called Hype Machine. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good place to, good way to yeah. find find shit like that anyways um uh, that is gonna do it for this morning we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we will talk to y'all then bye bye bye